had a friend. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But he was a police officer. And every year, um, I didn't really mean to tell this story, but it's a really good story. Every year, they would um, have like a policeman's ball, and they would bring an underprivileged child to this policeman's ball. And they would buy the, this underprivileged child a toy or a gift, and they would bring them to this, this Christmas gathering. So one year, uh, my dad's friend was called to a sniper situation. And there was a man inside the house, he was holding hostages, and he was firing outside of his home. So, so this friend of ours walked up on the, on the front step and he said, here, I'm, I'm wanting to talk with you, uh, conflict resolution, Let, let's talk this over, I'm unarmed. And the guy yelled out the window, and he said, I know you. He said, I still have that transistor radio that you bought me when I was a little boy, and you took me to the policeman's ball. So he was able to go in and resolve the conflict. So you never know. You just never know what kind of impact that you can make on a child's life. So the Bible says to, to cast your bread on the water, and after many days it'll come back to you. So I thought that was a sweet story. So I have one last thing that I want to run by you before I turn this over to Pastor Kent. But uh, one of the prayer partners came to me before church and said, um, there is a lady here who came down for prayer and she was in kidney failure. And they were putting her on uh, kidney, kidney dialysis. And so she came down for prayer and God miraculously healed her kidneys and she did not have to go on, on dialysis. Jody, are you here? Where's Jody? Stand up. Here she is, right here. This is Jody. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Yeah! Yeah! Give the Lord a shout of praise. Yeah! <laughs> God is so good. Amen. Jody, welcome to Regeneration Nashville. We're delighted to have you here today. And so uh, I guess at this time, I'm going to introduce Pastor Kent. And so why don't we just stand in honor of our pastor today and give him a good, warm welcome as he comes to Regeneration Nashville. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Did y'all miss me? Amen. Amen. Well... Dutch is taller than me, but I preach better than him. <clears throat> Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Um, maybe he's not watching our service today. <clears throat> um, I wanted to just quickly address our online members. Uh, sometimes we get caught up here and we forget that we have thousands of people that are, we are their lifeline. And uh, we have a tremendous following in Australia and uh, France and South Africa and just around the world. We have so many of you that are watching. And um, I want to say thank you for the kind emails. Um, sometimes I, I read these emails and it's, it's just so encouraging. The girl, Kelly, that had stage four cancer and she had the two young boys, she's in the service today. I didn't know if you want to acknowledge Kelly. Amen. Uh, Kelly that had stage 4 cancer she's been healed 
Yeah, Min Heal. She's in the service today. Kelly, where are you at? <clears throat> right here. Right there. God bless you. Hallelujah. We're so glad to have you. Amen. Um, we are part of something that's much bigger than us. I'll be honest with you, I have no clue what God's getting ready to do with this church, but you can feel something in the atmosphere. And, um, you know, um, years ago in the Cold War, the Soviet Union, different places, they called them sleepers. And they would send people over that would integrate themselves into our society, and they had a distinct purpose that maybe 20 years from then or 30 years from then they would be activated to carry out their purpose. And the devil doesn't know it, but God has sleepers in the earth. I think I'm a sleeper. I ain't asleep anymore. But God has people that he will keep incognito for a long time and you don't and uh, I unless God changes my mind you're going to really like the podcast Wednesday because I think it'll be a real encouragement to you it's more of a um, an analogy I'm going to tell you a story but I believe that God's really going to speak to a lot of you that are wondering God what are you doing with me or don't understand what God has been doing in your life and I want to encourage those of you that watch us around the world um, so many nations right now are being locked down, but God's not done. Yeah. Amen. He's not done, and God knows what he's doing. And uh, I think a couple of months ago, I prophesied to you that God said, next year we're going to double in number. And if you remember uh, Prophet Jane Hammond, when she was here in our conference, prophesied the same thing. And um, you have a few more miracles like we had that Friday night. Um, you're not going to be able to keep them away. Uh, it's just, you know, God is doing miracles that are just as great as what we saw on the Friday night. It's just that was a visible one. You don't see somebody actually healed of cancer. or You don't see somebody whose kidneys are healed, even though the doctor gives the report. But when you, uh, that man's coming back that I prayed for that's in the wheelchair. He co-pastors with his father. And uh, I had asked about him the, the, last, the, the last service in, on Sunday. And they had already went home. But his, I think it was his mother maybe emailed back and said that they were hoping to come back, but he was already beginning to feel things he's never felt before in his legs. <clears throat> and that they were believing, I think maybe it was New Year's Eve service they were talking about, they were believing that, that he's going to come out of that wheelchair. I'm, I'm believing that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that we are in this season where you are going to see things that we haven't seen in decades. Hallelujah. So... Um, <clears throat> I also want to say this, I, I really missed being here last Sunday, and I, after I made the decision, I regretted it, I should have just got on a plane and come home, but I'd already invited Dutch to come, and he did a marvelous job, I thank God for Dutch Sheets and his ministry, <clears throat> but when it came Sunday, uh, I just felt like, 
I needed to be here and I wasn't here. And I, as of to now, I have not accepted any invitations for next year to be gone on a Sunday. And uh, a lot of times we go on vacation in the summer. So as of right now, my wife and I made a decision that we're going to fly home from vacation on that Sunday to be here because we want to be a part of what God's doing. And I figure if you can, a lot of you make tremendous drives to be in this church. How many of you drive at least 30 miles to be in this service? That's amazing. And then, you know, every, every week, it's what, 15, 20 different states? We literally touch from coast to coast. And um, I figure if, if you can make that effort to be in the house, then I can make the effort to be in the house because <clears throat> I don't want to miss what God's doing. And so, uh, great days ahead. The New Year's Eve service. Um, the last, I think I had been told, we'd had 2,500 already register. How much? 28. And so we have to shut it off at 35 because we're still going to have a couple of hundred volunteers. So this building, even with the, the curtains raised, only seats, I think the previous pastor told me they have actually put 4,000 people in this building. So it's going to look pretty similar to what you saw on the 4th of July. And we are going to raise the rafters in this place and uh, celebrate uh, the coming in of the Lord. So <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, um, maybe you could stand for the reading of the word. We're going to re uh, be reading out of the book of James, um, the third chapter, and we're going to read a couple of verses. Verse 4, um, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and they're driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, or a very small tiller, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now, Lord, I ask you today, God, I can sense in the Spirit, Lord, you're going to release some things in the atmosphere. And God, I ask you, God, to touch our spirits today. Lord, that we would be strong in you, that we cannot be moved by our circumstances or what the enemy is declaring. Holy Ghost, you're an amazing preacher. Now release what the heart of heaven is in this atmosphere. And Lord, to those that watch around the world today, I pray that there would be a great spirit of encouragement released by the power of God in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. You be seated. I chose this verse because it, it had really begun to rise up in my spirit. And he, he's writing here, James is writing, and he said, you can look at great ships that are out on the ocean. And he said, they're in the midst of storms, fierce winds that are pushing them. But he said, 
in the back of that ship, there's a little thing called a helm or a tiller. And it's generally not a very big piece of wood. But he said, the governor or the sailor, the helmsman, who wants to direct that ship, doesn't matter how big that ship is or how fierce those winds are, he said, you can take that little piece of wood and you can make that great ship go where you want it to go, regardless of how fierce the winds are. And then he likens the helm or the tiller to the tongue. We are in a season right now in the earth that we have never seen before. I'm not sure that the earth has ever been locked down like it is in the last two years. Even in Europe or other countries where there have been plagues or there have been horrible disasters, it wouldn't touch other nations. Right now we're seeing on the news where another variant supposedly has arisen and that the vaccine that you got for the other one isn't working anymore and so you now got to get another one. And, and you know, I'm thinking if we've been social distancing for two years and we've been wearing masks for two years, then how come this thing's out of control? Either social distancing doesn't work and masks don't work or else there's something else going on. And there is, right now I believe the number one agenda of hell in the earth is he is trying to loose a blanket of fear on nations because fear will make you do things that you never would have done otherwise fear will make you do crazy things i remember a young woman married with small children and if i'm not mistaken her mother and her grandmother had both died of breast cancer she did not have breast cancer but she went in and had a double mastectomy on healthy breasts because fear made her think that this is going to happen to me. As I read that verse, I thought, no wonder God has raised up prophets in this hour because prophets use the tongue. And the tongue, hallelujah, is a tiller that hell with media is trying to drive one way. And the only way you and I are going to survive is if we rise up and use our tongue. 
and we begin to declare by the Holy Ghost that we are not bowing down to this thing but we no wonder they hate prophets I can guarantee you they'd love to execute me and different ones if they could get away with it they hate us on Facebook they hate us on YouTube we get trolled it doesn't matter you cannot stop the word of the Lord why because there is a divine protection called the bloodline that Karen Wheaton talked about and when God's got a scarlet bloodline around your life and around this nation hear me say it the Lord there is a bloodline around the United States of America and hell cannot cross over without the consent of the power of the Holy Ghost and God needs some men and women in this hour and arise up in the spirit of God and say no I loose my tongue in the atmosphere so there's a tug of war going on in the spirit realm right now Jasmine sang a song that was very apt for this hour we are at war it's not just a civil war it is a spirit war because whenever you can rein people in by fear you no longer have to pass laws to make people do things you just have to release rumors we are manipulated by rumors in fact I'll read you a couple of verses This one is in Ephesians, fourth chapter in the 14th verse, it says that we henceforth, or from now on, we are no more children. See, this is a problem. The church has been childlike. We've been drinking milk of prosperity God wants your dreams to come through. I know people that got books that thick of personal prophecies. They just run around getting one prophecy after another. And I must be a magnet for them. I could go into a building, nobody know who I am. I could sit up on the back row and somebody's going to give me a word. Do you know what the Bible says? We have a more sure word of prophecy. You don't have to have somebody call you out every other month and say, Thus saith the Lord, I see your dreams, and I know you're weeping in the midnight hour, and I'm going to come through for you, and I'm going to bring forth your talent, and you're going to stand on the platform of many and shake the nations. God gives us a Bible. And he says that you henceforth be no more children. And the only reason hell has had the success that it's had in this nation is because we've had a child church. 
that had no authority and no power that lived on milk and suckers and want to feel good and what God is saying I need some grown men and women that know how to eat meat that when the enemy cometh in like a flood you stand up against it and say I'm not some child you're not going to move us by the power of God we are blood bought by the Holy Ghost And part of the problem right now with the media is they've never come across a church like this. Not speaking just of regeneration, but there is an element of men and women that's rising up. They're not used to that. Says that, so we're no more children. Why? Because children are tossed to and fro. And they're carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men. And if you study this, it's referring to dice and how men who played dice would cheat and manipulate the dice. You ever heard of loaded dice? Same thing. That's what he's referring to, Paul is. He says it's, a, it's like the slight of hand. It's men who manipulate the outcome. And he said, and the cunning craftiness which literally means treacherous and deceitful and they lie in wait to deceive and then if we go over just to, to the book of Jude it says this woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain Cain's problem was the Bible says it said the problem with Cain was what he offered was evil, and what his brother offered was righteous. He's gone in the way of Cain, ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward. That's talking about false prophets. And perished in the gainsaying of Korah, who was rebellious against the priesthood. He said, these are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, he said, they're feeding themselves without fear. And this is one what you hear. He said, they're clouds without water. And they're carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Clouds, most of the time, refers to large multitudes of people in the scripture remember the scripture says for the Lord is coming back in the clouds and Enoch prophesied he said the Lord is coming back with ten thousand ten thousands of his saints so when the Lord comes back he's not coming back alone but he's coming in the clouds and so when you read this, you almost need a different translation, but he was referring to a lot of people, a lot of believers. He said there, there are men and women, but they are easily moved. They are manipulated. We have, we've lost our sanity in the United States. Yesterday I'm eating in a restaurant and walks a couple with masks on, order with masks on, sit down and then take their masks off. I wanted to walk over the table and ask them, 
Why are your masks off? I didn't realize that the coronavirus is courteous and won't bother you while you're eating. You got to go to the airport and you have to wear a mask. But if you go to the Alabama football game where there's 40,000 people, you don't have to wear a mask. The players have to wear a mask on the sideline when they're not doing anything, but when they're sweating and touching each other on the field, they don't have to wear a mask. What I'm saying is fear makes people stupid. This is why the Bible says you need to be able to discern in the Holy Ghost what God is doing. And there is a demon of fear that's trying to be loose. And God is saying you need some roots. You need some foundation in the Holy Ghost. That when the enemy cometh in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up against you. What are we doing with our tongues? We are turning. Hallelujah. This old ship of Zion. And hell has tried to drive one way. But we are prophesying, thus saith the Lord. In the last days, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. We are turning it. Say, prophet, preacher, you don't know what's going on. Get your tongue and begin to declare by the Spirit of the Lord. Cancer, you cannot stay. Parkinson's, you cannot stay. My children will not go to hell, but they will be set free by the power of God. No wonder Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. This tongue is the tiller that determines the direction of your life. You say, but you don't know what kind of storm I'm in. Behold how a little helm in the midst of a storm can turn a big ship around. That's what James was using, the analogy. He said, your tongue is the tiller. It's the helm. That in the midst of that storm, you just begin to turn it. This church exists today because in the storms, hallelujah, that we went through for years, we did not let the enemy shut us down. Hallelujah. This didn't happen by accident. This church has been 50 years in the making. From the day I was called to preach, it was about this day. And we are turning. The problem is, the church has been biting in the ring with Mike Tyson. No contest. God needs men and women that know their God and can do strong exploits in the kingdom of the Lord. I'll read you a passage of scripture here. This is in um, the book of Daniel. 
third chapter. <clears throat> Verse 5, it says, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sapbuck, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, <clears throat> you will fall down and you will worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever <clears throat> or whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Does that not sound similar to where we are? If you don't take the shot, you're going to lose your job. We were talking with a lady today from England. They're telling them in England that they're going to fast track the education of their children and that in the next month or so, they're just going to make them stay home. That you have to have all of these different tests and all these, these new variant shots and Israel has shut its borders. You know what that is? That's a spirit of fear. <clears throat> it's a spirit of fear that's loose in the earth. And I, this passage of scripture is, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are under an ungodly king that does not respect Jehovah. And he makes this mammoth image, this golden idol has all kinds of mixture in it, and he sets it up, and he says this, everybody is going to fall down and worship this idol. There is a mandate in the earth right now that is trying to cause humanity to bow down to a demonic mandate. Listen, it's not about a shot. It's not about a vaccine. It is about control and removing the power and the concept of Jesus Christ from the earth. And didn't the Bible say in the last days, men's hearts will what? Fail them. Why? For fear. God does not give us the spirit of fear. Notice that the Bible calls fear a demon. It's not an emotion. It's not a some kind of thing that just makes you a little bit weak. It is a demon spirit. And the Bible says in the last days it will be fear that drops men to their knees to worship a false god. And we are at war. Hallelujah. And the three Hebrew children looked at them and they said this. O king, we are not careful in how we answer you in this manner. In our terms, they just said this. This ain't up for debate. You do what you got to do, and we're going to do what we got to do. You know, we even have family. We have, you have family, and America feels, uh, most people, a good part of the people in church feel this way, that the way we serve God is unnecessary. I've had preachers tell me, well, you don't have to pray a lot. You know, you don't. You, did you know you can download, a lot of preachers download their messages off the internet. There are sites that you can go to that you can download and it'll give you a little message. It'll give you an introduction. It'll give you an outline. It'll give you a main body. It will give you a couple of humorous examples. And then it will give you an ending. 
I promise you, I don't get my messages off the internet. Because there's nobody crazy enough to write what I preach. <clears throat> but the reason I preach like this is because I am not intimidated and I can see by the Spirit what's going on. You know what I'm doing today? I am turning. With my preaching, I am turning, hallelujah, the direction of this nation. God, give us some men and women in this hour, hallelujah, that have some stickability in them, that are not clouds without water. I'll go back to this point in a minute, but what did Jesus say? I am the living water. If any man thirst, hallelujah, let him come. And he who drinks of me shall never thirst again. So clouds without water are human beings without Jesus Christ. And if you do not have a foundation of Jesus in your life, you're going to buy into everything the media says and Fauci says, or else you can hold on to the word of God. Psalms 91 that says, No plague shall come nigh unto thy dwelling a thousand on one hand and ten thousand on the other but you are protected by the power and the glory of God can I tell you you need to stand your ground in the Holy Ghost turn it turn it turn it by what you declare in the spirit So you got, a, you got a lot of Christians, seeker-friendly, the megachurches, a lot of them. There's a lot of great churches out there in megachurches. I, I love Robert Morris. One of the best Bible teachers I've ever heard in my life. But their theory is you don't have to speak in tongues, or if you do that, you just need to do it in a quiet place at home. No, that's our heavenly language. You don't have to read the Bible every day. You know, God knows we're just flesh and we're busy and, you know, we're, we're mature in God. We can watch the movies we watch and we can just kind of filter all this stuff out. You don't have to, you know, going to church every week, that's kind of excessive. You know, we got family reunions and we got t-ball and we got sports and then we got hunting and we got all this, you know, and God understands. You just kind of come to church when it's convenient. So, that's, that's the approach of most of America to church. You don't have to preach like Pastor Kent. That's just crazy. People just want a nice moderator that makes us feel good and doesn't challenge us. All right, so that's that side. So here we are, you know, we're, we're just intense and everything. So, because <clears throat> that's, how, that's, how, that's how we believe. We're passionate. The other side thinks, you know, well, you have to do all that, and, you know, I, I've accepted Christ as my Savior and, and all that. Here's the problem. If we're wrong, there's no consequences. Still going to heaven. We're not going to stand at the gate. And the Lord go, y'all were too radical. You can't come in. <clears throat> y'all spoke in tongues so much, you're just going to disrupt heaven. Sorry, you got to stay out. That ain't going to happen. There's no penalty for going to church too much. 
There's no penalty for faith. There's no penalty for believing in divine healing. The worst that we have is that we still make it. But if they're wrong, they cost them their soul. So what they don't realize is you better hope your philosophy's right because you're gambling with your soul for eternity. This is not a book of suggestions. How do the modern church, what are they going to do when they stand next to the millions of Christians who were martyred for the name of Jesus? How do we in America who think that, oh, you know, it's come to church a couple times a month. How do we stack up against somebody in China that is risking their life to sit in an underground room with curtains and they just mumble their praise. Or in Russia to where there's no Bibles and they get one Bible in and they tear each page out and they circulate it till they memorize it. Be sure that your philosophy of life works for you when you die. Because there's no do-over. You don't step over into eternity and then God say, okay, you get to go back for three months and see if you can get on fire. It's over. So you and I are not clouds without water. Because clouds, every time something comes along, it moves them in whatever direction the wind is blowing. And now we have this issue in America where all of a sudden the liberal movement doesn't know what to do with us because we're not moving. We're not buying into it. We're not laying down and saying, well, I guess we just give in. No, sir. I am going to turn. Hallelujah. You are going to turn the direction of the old ship of Zion. I don't care what kind of storm is blowing. I don't care how much wind is coming. You and I are turning the ship of Zion back into Holy Ghost, apostolic revival and freedom of this old nation called America. America. We don't apologize. I'll make you a deal. I'll apologize when Fauci does. Probably won't even then. So Nebuchadnezzar's got this big thing up there, <clears throat> and he says, this is a national mandate. Nobody's exempt. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake unto Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, is it true you don't serve my gods, nor you don't worship the golden image what I've set up? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. I was in prayer this morning at the park, and I was thinking about this. The worst 
that the enemy can do to you and me is just move us from this body into our eternal body. When you walk with God, boy, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, and you have a relationship with the Lord, you no longer fear death. Paul said, for me to die is gain. This is why John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Why? Because whatever you love is what controls your heart. If you want God to control your heart, then you have to be in love with him. <clears throat> and so, I've thought about, you know, I know I'm very vocal. I know that now we're, we're seen around the world and my voice is heard to nations around the world. And I, you know what? I've got to be honest with you. I'm more surprised than anybody <laughs> that after 49 years, all of a sudden, you know, my voice is heard around the world. It's very humbling, but it also, it's a great responsibility. I told my wife, I said, I feel such a mandate from God that I have to protect the gift that's in me because I can't fail. I cannot fail. I cannot mess up. I don't have that luxury. So maybe God waited till <clears throat> I'm two and a half years from being 70 that all of a sudden things that used to matter don't matter. Because as you get close to the finish line, your perspective changes. And I thought, what if, you know, something happens, they want to take my life for what I preach? I thought, if that's the best you got, you lose. Because you are forever separating me from your control. Once I'm gone, you can't touch me. I moved from being five six to six foot four. <clears throat> I'm gonna look like Steve Huffman. Steve's my best friend. I don't know why all my best friends are always really tall guys. But you understand what I'm saying is that we're in a temporal house and the only ability that hell has against you is your natural body. But when you and I have a revelation that all it is, death just takes you out of the corruptible and puts you in the incorruptible. That one moment they were being burned at the stake and the next moment they're standing with Jesus forever changed by the power of God. Oh, Lord, give us some men and women that are willing to suffer for his namesake. Through much tribulation do you enter into the kingdom of God. All that are godly shall suffer tribulation and persecution. But if that's the best they've got, they lose. Because, hallelujah, our spirit man cannot be touched by the enemy. And that while the natural body's 
being perished and destroyed. Our spirit man is seated about sound. How great is our God! How great is our God! How great is our God! And hell saying, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!" But you can't stop praise. It begins to come up out of your spirit. That your tongue turns the direction of the ship. So he says, we're not careful how to answer in this manner. You know what the deal was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were clouds, but they were laden with water. So they're looking at this king, and they said, we ain't, we're not going to worry about this. Verse 17, if it be so. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. This is where a lot of Christians are. When I pray for a lot of people over the years, I say, and I've been guilty of this, say, do you believe that God can heal you? Oh, yes, I do. Do you believe God will? I hope so. That's where unbelief stepped in. Faith speaketh things that are not as though they are. So they said, if it be so, our God, who is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And then they said this, and he will. Deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known unto thee, O king. We will not serve your gods. We won't worship the golden image which thou hast set up. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. This is where we are prophetically right now. There is a mandate in the spirit realm by hell that is saying, you are going to worship our system. <clears throat> you are going to bow down. <clears throat> what I can't figure out in this story is, how come only three out of a whole nation wouldn't bow down? I think it's very possible that this is their mentality. I'm bound down on the outside, but Lord, you know in my heart I'm not. I want to serve the Lord, but I don't want to have to pay the price. They told him this. They looked at me and said, we don't bow down. We don't worship another God. We don't give in to the threat of death. What America has, hallelujah, and the church in the earth is this. We don't bow down. We're not moved by the threat of death. We've all 
already made up in our minds. Hallelujah. Come hell or high water. This is how it is. And as long as we have the liberty to have church in this building, we will have church. But you can shut the building down. Hallelujah. You can shut our schools down. You can lock us down in our homes. But we'll just do what Daniel did. We'll raise the window and we'll sing, How great is our God. Hallelujah. For our God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. When will He come through? In the midnight hour. Can I tell you, God needs you and I to look the enemy in the eye and tell him, we don't bow down. You can do what you want to do, but this is not up for debate. We will never, no never, hallelujah, bow down for the sake of temporary freedom. And I can promise you this, you bow down to that, and then they'll have something else for you to bow down to. And once you bow down, it's over. They own you. Not just in the secular realm I'm talking about, but I'm talking about in the spirit realm. You've lost your ability to stand against the powers of darkness because you did not turn the ship. You did not turn your life by what you speak. Sometimes the only thing that you and I have in the midst of the impossible is there's nothing that looks like can go on but you have your praise and you have the word and so in the midst of pain in the midst of divorce in the midst of standing before a casket of an untimely death you still hallelujah say it's Job I will not curse God naked I came out of the womb and naked it shall I return thither but the Lord hallelujah is to be praised God give us a church oh hallelujah that is not moved by every wind every news bit every politician but we are moved by the power and the anointing of the Lord so I'm going to end with this because God will never do something supernatural until you do something sacrificial. And most Christians want God to come through without ever showing God that whether I live or die, I'm doing the right thing. And most of us have already been through so much. Really, dying ain't, ain't that big a deal. It can't be any worse than when I stood at the coffin of my 38-year-old father at Christmas time when I was 12. It can't be any worse than when my first wife left me. It can't be any worse than living in rejection. It can't be any worse than being broke most of my life. It can't be any worse than feeling like you're a failure as a husband. It can't be any worse than feeling like you're a failure as a preacher and a pastor. But you hold on to God. And so, I've already seen the worst that hell can throw at me. Harababa Sunday. We're still standing. Haraba Sunday. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. If that's the best hell's got, you lose. So the Bible says that 
Nebuchadnezzar told me, he said, put him in the fiery furnace, heat it up seven times hotter. The enemy right now is trying to heat the furnace up. That's why you're hearing about this new variant. Do you know what the Bible says? God is not mocked. A man shall reap what he sows. Somebody created the coronavirus. So we're not debating here whether it's real or not. We know it's real. We all have friends and loved ones that have died from it. But it's amazing to me that no politician, no world leader has died from the coronavirus. I can't think of one big Democrat that's died from the coronavirus. I can't think of one billionaire that's died of the coronavirus. Bill Gates is fine. George Soros is fine. Biden's fine. He's 80 years old and half dead anyway. <clears throat> Rupert Murdoch's fine. The CEOs of Vanguard and Berkshire Hathaway and State City and Mark Zuckerberg, they're just fine. Doesn't that make you wonder? You sow a virus onto God's creation. You're going to reap a virus that you don't have an antidote for. And I can tell you by the Spirit, you mess with God long enough. And you're going to find out you're outmatched. Hallelujah. You're out test tubed. You're out everything else because God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there is something coming that it's going to be a thousand on one hand and ten thousand on the other. And the remnant is going to be immune to the thing that hell tried to do to us by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, you are hooked up to the greatest power, the greatest anointing, the creator of all things. God wins. We forget that when it's all said and done, regardless of how many skirmishes hell wins, when it's all said and done, the devil is bound. He's cast into the lake of fire. Death is destroyed. Evil is gone. And this whole agenda that we see in the earth loses. It's an irrevocable fact that the enemy loses. It's, the fight has already been fixed. So don't get moved by some of the punches that you are taking, thinking that it's over. God fixed the fight, and you come out victorious. You be seated. It's only 4.34, so I got a few more minutes. I see my praise team, you know, they go behind that curtain and think I'm done, but I ain't done yet. <clears throat> I got two weeks built up in me, so I got a whole bunch that I got to get out of there. <clears throat> um, so, you notice that when... God didn't show up when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are being threatened. He did not show up when they tied them up and threw them 
to the fiery furnace. See, a lot of Christians right now think, God will take me right up to the edge. Then he'll say, okay, I think you were willing, so you don't have to go. I have found that nine out of ten times, God's putting you in there. So they're tying them up. <clears throat> and I don't, you know, obviously the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't have the Holy Ghost because it's not yet been given like it is on the day of Pentecost. But if they were Pentecostals, <clears throat> and they're tying them up, they're saying, She talabokotoria, she talabasandai, haramamakatoria sunday. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God, I praise you. There is no rock like my rock, and there is no God like my God. And they're looking and going, shut up. Don't you know where you're going? And about that time, the big old mighty men picked him up, threw him in, and fire is so hot, the Bible says the mighty men died right there, dropped dead. Rolled into the fiery furnace, seven times hotter than it's ever been. Rolled into the fiery furnace. They, I, I'm sure they're thinking, probably this is it. Hit the ground. Rolling around on live coals. Whoa. Shadrach stood up. Meshach stood up. Abednego stood up. And they go, there's something going on here. Listen, they were human beings. It really happened. So you can imagine what they're thinking. They're walking around where no man's ever walked before. And about that time, they turn around. And there, hallelujah, is Jesus. He said, hello, boys. About that time, the king looks inside. He said, who is in there? He looks like the son of God. Can I tell you, you can heat up the fire as long as you want in this nation. But you heat it up to where it's going to kill us. And Jesus is going to walk down out of heaven into the midst of the earth. And he's going to say, hey, I'm here. And I am here to set you free. Now where the Lord is, there is liberty. And he whom the Spirit has set free is free indeed. It is not over. There is a divine visitation of the Holy Ghost that's getting ready to hit our nations in the earth. I believe prophetically that we are in the furnace. We have declared we're not doing this. We're not bound down. We're not giving in. I would believe some of the stuff they tell me, but when I hear it, my spirit don't bear witness with it. I got an inner thing inside of me that discerns truth. So, this is my last point. This is what I think is going to happen. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar comes near to the mouth of the fiery furnace, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of the fire. And then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed, verse 28 of chapter 3 in Daniel. Now, this is the same guy that's so ticked off at him that he's so full of rage, he's going to kill him. I mean, he's going to burn him alive. Now, that's pretty mad. All it took 
was Jesus showing up. All it took was for a heathen ruler to get one glimpse of Jesus. And something changed in him. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now he's saying this in the shadows of the image that he had just told them to bow down to. But he has shifted his attention and he is now blessing the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says, who hath sent his angel, delivered the servants that trusted in him, has changed the king's word. God, hallelujah, is getting ready to save and to change some key men and women in the earth that are going to have a visitation of the presence of God that have never met him, never known him, but one glimpse of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they're going to say, who is this? Blessed be the God of Regeneration Nashville. Blessed be the God of those in other countries that have never known the Lord. And then he made this declaration. He said, therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver like this. That's what you're getting ready to see in the earth. There's a reversal coming. God is going to supernaturally change words that have been made law. And he's going to make these same men revamp it. <clears throat> Thinking about this in prayer the other day. Psalms chapter 2, I think, in verse 8. If I remember right. The Lord said this. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights unto us do you really think that God is going to give the church nations that are so riddled with disease dying of man-made viruses that were created in laboratories to destroy mankind <clears throat> to wipe out world population and the weak and the sick that God will say, there you go. We go, who wants that? No. God's going to give us nations that are glorious, that have been set free, 
that are full of the power of God. That right in the middle of Mecca, they might praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right in the middle, in New Delhi, India, in the midst of all of their gods, a million people gathered together in a square, praising the name of the Lord in their native tongue. That's the kind of inheritance that you and I need to decree. How do we get that? You take your tongue and you turn what's happening in this nation. You turn it. You don't lay down and say, well, it's over. No, sir. You may be little and insignificant to the enemy, but you have the Word of God in you. And when you stand up in prayer and you say, I decree in the name of Jesus, I am turning the direction of our politics, of the heart of our country, of our Supreme Court, that we are turning it back unto the Lord Jesus Christ and the faith of our forefathers. It will happen if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray. Decree, decree, decree. God said you will turn the direction. You can stand with me. For years, I was my own worst enemy because I let the devil curse me with my own mouth. I got overwhelmed by my circumstances and never seen anything turn out good to where I got to where I would just speak deaf. Still spoke in tongues, still had the Holy Ghost, but made no difference. As my prayer partners come, there is the potential for you today in this building and to all of my saints around the world that are listening to me. It does not matter if you are in the fiery furnace. If Jesus is there, you can't die. It does not say, and Jesus showed up, gathered up the three dead bodies of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said a word of benediction over them, and said they were good men. No. They walked out. Can you imagine the effect that those three men had on the rest of the nation? That everywhere they went, people say, that's them. Not only did God deliver them, it said they didn't even have the smell of smoke. And their clothes were not singed. I not only decree victory over the church and the earth, I decree that there will be no residue from this mandate of hell <clears throat> that's trying to destroy mankind in the earth and usher in the Antichrist. And we prophesy, hallelujah, that in 2022, we're going to see the greatest outpouring and reversal of the power and of the glory of God. There are many of you perhaps today that 
you have let the enemy mandate to you. I'm asking you to get out from where you are, come stand in this altar with a prayer partner, and turn your circumstances around by decreeing, hallelujah, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah, I cannot do it for you. It takes God to get in your spirit. Hallelujah, if you want God to do a miracle, you're going to have to change. You walk up here today and begin to declare, from this day on, I am turning my life around by my tongue of what I'm speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. I know you like my preaching, but how many really believe what I'm preaching? This is not an exercise where we just come here, a good little sermon. We are declaring what God is doing in the atmosphere. And you and I right now are in the fiery furnace, but I can tell you this, we're getting ready to walk out. And as we walk out, you're going to see God, hallelujah, thus saith the Lord. He's going to reverse governments. He's going to reverse mandates. He's going to reverse laws. He's going to undo things that have been spoken. And there is going to be revival in the United States of America. I loose it in Japan. We loose it in India. We loose it in Australia. We loose it in France. We loose it in Pakistan. We loose it in Italy, in Morocco. It doesn't matter Indonesia across the earth we lose the spirit of the Lord thanks for tuning in for more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org and for the latest updates or videos follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube God bless you <laughs>